Hello and welcome to Listen in Worship for St Michael's and St Mary's churches on Sunday the 20th of September, the 15th Sunday after Trinity. We hope you enjoy the sermon and the hymn of the day. The sermon this week has been prepared and is preached for us by our own bishop, the Right Reverend Richard Atkinson, the Bishop of Bedford. So I really hope you enjoy the sermon and please do stay to listen for the hymn of the day. Now thank we all our God, prepared again for us by James and Miriam. So thank you, enjoy listening. God bless you. Have a great week. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you envious because I am generous? Are you envious because I am generous? A few words from our Gospel reading from St Matthew chapter 20. Some years ago in Sheffield Diocese, the bishop invited parishes to send one person on pilgrimage with him to the Holy Land. Those who went were asked to contribute to the cost. I was very anxious that as a parish, we enabled someone to go who otherwise wouldn't have had the chance to go. In the end, we nominated Stuart, who was long-term unemployed. I also got agreement from the PCC that we would pay his fee. It would cost him nothing. And he had a very special time. But oh boy, oh boy, do I still remember those who chastise me for choosing Stuart? Why hadn't they been chosen? The unsaid script was... Why him who hasn't been here for as many years as we've been here? Why him who doesn't do as many jobs as we do? Who doesn't come from the right strata of society? For pity's sake, he lives in a council house. And even worse, you're paying for him to go? Such attitudes are not just the character of those hired in the marketplace early in the day, as recorded by Matthew. Those who work all day and bear the burden of the day. Why them, they say, as those taken on last receive the same reward? It's far more than a matter of perceived injustice in relation to pay. For those hired last, those hired at five o'clock at the end of the day, are those who no one wants to hire. They've been there all day. They've been there every day. But because they're illiterate or dyspraxis or mentally ill or disabled or blind or smelly or just from the wrong side of the village, they're not wanted. And each day they are left without work. For that, of course, as people believe, is the natural order of things. But God, represented by the landowner, does it differently. He gives them work, he values them, and he rewards them equally with all the others. That's what offends. And behind it, 
is a generous God, a generosity that is not just about money, but is about abundant love and inclusion, a generosity that gives without regard to what is literally earned or deserved, a generosity that is not about contract and negotiation, but about covenant, a gift. Stanley Havas writes this, commentators on the parable emphasise the impartiality of God's grace implied by the landowner's mode of payment. But it's not impartiality that characterises God's grace in this parable, but rather the sheer abundance of God's grace. God's love cannot be used up. Are you envious? Because I am generous. Why does Jesus eat with the sinner, touch the leper, reach out to the excluded? Because his love cannot be used up. There is always more to give freely and fully. So often we act as though God's grace is a zero-sum economy. If they are favoured, then the assumption is that I or others will be denied. But that's not how it is. God's grace is like an ever-flowing stream that constantly immerses us in its flow. Are you envious because I am generous? This parable of the kingdom is about far more than just society and the economy, far more than just the rights and wrongs of the labour market. It's about how we are as the church and the generosity we live out together. Is it genuinely for all? Or are some left out? Who are those that we neglect? Because they don't quite fit in. It's about how we live as God's people and where we set the boundaries on our love and compassion. How do we release God's generosity and grace in and through us? But this parable does also speak to our society and our times. In recent months, there has been quite rightly a celebration of the way many have cared for neighbours and those around them, those who've done shopping for the isolated, those who've phoned to check that all is well, those who in small ways and large have ensured that the vulnerable are safe. There's been much talk of renewed society that is more compassionate. Like you, I pray that that will be true. And yet we also know that among other things, the unemployment rate is rising and will rise. Furlough is coming to an end. The announcements of job losses are on the up. The demand in certain sectors has fallen through the floor. Young people will struggle to get their first job. The image of those left waiting in the marketplace, seeking work that does not come, will be very real. It would be good to think that as a society we will indeed be generous. That it isn't those who are hired who reap all the benefit. 
But my memory of high unemployment in the 1980s and 1990s is that it wasn't long before society as a whole lost that sense of generosity to those in need. Before the poor began to be held responsible by many for their own misfortune. Before concern for neighbour was exchanged for concern for self. That abundant generosity of the parable is not just a nice idea, but a truly radical idea that demands one's all. It's no less than the love of God who gives his all for you and me on the cross. It would do us all good to hold this parable before us as we sail into the choppy waters of economic distress. Are you envious? Because I am generous. Now thank we all our God With heart and hands and voices who wondrous things has done, in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love, and still is ours today. Yeah.